Hello and welcome to Equipping the Saints. I'm Ryan, and thank you for joining us today. This is week three of our study on Christology. Today's study will look at three different aspects of the deity of Jesus Christ. First, what does the Bible declare about him? Second, what are some evidences of him being deity? And third, what does it mean for us if he is deity? So let's explore the first part of this. And most importantly of all, I feel that it is important that we do not begin this exploration by looking at the New Testament. I say this because the Old Testament said plenty about the deity of the Messiah that was to come. For the Jews, and to some degree the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, the Old Testament is a dividing line between what they believe and what true Christianity professes to be true. So let's look at a few passages that speak directly about this very topic. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. If you read this with the proper Hebrew words, it says, Yahweh is our Elohim. Yahweh is the covenant name of God that he declared to Moses. And then he declares to be Elohim, which is a masculine plural noun. The masculine plural noun is then declared to be one God. Besides the creation story, this is the clearest illustration of the Trinity being declared as being three distinct persons, but one essence as God. Psalm chapter 2, verse 12. We see that God declares that he has a son. Do homage to the son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Isaiah 45, verses 5 through 7. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other, the one who forms light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord, who does all these. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12. Listen to me, O Jacob, even Israel whom I called. I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. This will sound familiar later, so remember this verse. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. This prophesied Messiah is declared to be from eternity past, so he is declaring that the Messiah is God himself. 
The Bible declares that Jesus is fully man and is fully God in one person and will be forever. This means that he is one person who possesses two distinct natures within himself. How is this even possible? How could 100% plus 100% equal 1? Let's first work to understand what it means for Jesus to be fully God and fully man apart from each other. The Bible teaches that Jesus is not a creation of God or someone who walks closely with him. Jesus is declared to be God Almighty himself. Scripture directly claims that Jesus contains the fullness of deity. Here are some examples. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and apart from him, nothing was made that has been made. Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says, Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. John chapter 20 verse 28 says, Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Note that the word Lord here is the proper name that God revealed to Moses at the burning bush. The angel is stating that this Christ, this chosen one, is Yahweh himself. Okay, so we've seen that men and angels alike are declaring who Jesus is. But he, did he ever declare himself to be deity? The short answer is yes, but let's look at some scriptures that say this. John chapter 8, verse 58 says, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. In other words, Jesus told the Pharisees that before Abraham was born, he is Yahweh. He again uses his proper name to reveal himself. The Pharisees understood what he said, and they declared it to be blasphemy. This was a man declaring himself to be God, which is why they immediately attempted to stone him for making this statement. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Luke chapter 12, verse 
Revelation chapter 22, verse 13 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You see how that sounds very similar to what was said in the Old Testament? So, in addition to being declared as deity, the Bible teaches that Jesus demonstrated attributes that only God could have. We saw him calm the storm while in the boat with his disciples, which showed his power over nature. He knew the thoughts of his opponents, demonstrating his divine knowledge. He was aware of events and places where he was not physically present. He rose from the dead after three days, demonstrating a sense of immortality. We can keep going, but I think we get the idea that he is who he claims he is. Now, let's look at the other side of the coin. How can this divine being also be human? Let's be clear. The Trinity is distinct from each other, and Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He has always been God, but he has not always been human. Only God the Son became a man, and it's mind-boggling to try to fully understand it. The Incarnation is one of the greatest mysteries of the Bible, and is the reason why we celebrate Christmas right now. It cannot be fully explained, but to accept Jesus as anything less than God, or only a man, is a foolish thing. By becoming a man, God did not give up some of his deity or his powers to take on this form. He remained fully God throughout the whole process. If he ever gave up some of his divine attributes, he would no longer be God. However, he allowed himself to be afflicted with some of the limitations of humanity. He was physically born to a woman, for example. He would grow tired and grow weary. He felt hunger and thirst. He felt human emotions like anguish and joy. And yet, the Bible teaches us that he was also sinless. Because he is God, he does not have a sin nature like we do. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 describes this well, saying, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet is without sin. Now that we have a proper perspective as to who Jesus is, we need to understand that he is one person with both a distinct divine nature and a distinct human nature that do not mix. In light of this, we have to ask ourselves some very important questions. Why did God choose to do it this way? Why was it necessary for Jesus to be God and man? What are the implications of this being the truth? First of all, like Jonah prayed in the belly of the fish in Jonah chapter 3, verse 9, salvation is from the Lord, and it can only come from him. Therefore, only an infinite being 
could bear the full penalty of our sins. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14 says this, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The next thing to consider is that only God is able to fully reveal himself to us. And that is what Jesus did while he walked the earth. Last week, we talked about how Philip wanted to see the Father. And Jesus said, I've been with you for so long, and you still don't know that I and the Father are the same thing? Likewise, Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Not only is he stating that he is God, but that everything he performed during his ministry points to his deity. Paul also affirmed this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5-6, through 6, when he said this, for there is one God, and one mediator also between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. Lastly, knowing that Christ is the Lord should directly impact the way you worship. Jesus is the Word of God and his word is truth. Everything written, everything he said, everything he did, everything he is still doing, it's all true. We cannot accept his teachings and his commandments without accepting him as being God himself. The biblical evidence of all of this is overwhelming. So let's take the time to examine our hearts in light of this truth. Shouldn't this change the way we read the four Gospels? Are we really, truly devoted to Christ in the way that He desires you to be? Shouldn't this cause us to live our lives in a more holy fashion, knowing what is at stake? My prayer for you is that you approach His throne of grace in prayer as you reflect upon this today. Ask the Lord to penetrate your heart and your mind with an attitude of repentance as he reveals his will and his love to you. I hope you enjoyed this week's discussion on Christology. On a side note, in the eight months that I've been doing this podcast, I've never missed a weekend episode 
until last week. I feel I owe it to you to explain why. All of my content and scripts are original to me. Yes, I'll use outside sources as inspiration and clarification of some things, but I write my own episodes, and I provide my own commentary for the daily Bible reading. It would be wrong for me to steal someone else's material or hard work and present it as my own, so I simply refuse to do it. Because of that, I simply ran out of time to complete this episode last week, and I will not sacrifice my integrity for the sake of content. I am being pulled in many directions right now, including the loss of my church's pastor. So, in the process of things, I have been developing sermons to help fill the pulpit every so often, and I do play some leadership roles within the church as well to keep things functioning. So, this has left me with little quiet time to focus on my personal projects. So, I ask and covet your prayers at this time. Please keep me in prayer as I work in God's service and as he reveals more of his direction for my life. And as always, if you have a prayer request of your own or have any comments or suggestions, please send me an email. You'll find it in the description of this podcast channel. But that's all that I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.